Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Delighted today to be joined by James Sandoval, who is the founder and CEO at Measure Match. Hi, James. How are you doing? Good morning, Simon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good. Now, that doesn't sound like a British accent to me. So where are you from originally? Uh, That is a bit of a story. I am a mixed bag. Uh, So I was actually born in France uh, to an American father who was with the U.S. Air Force way back in the day in the late 60s, um, who married a lovely French lady. And um, yet together, we kind of traipsed the world a little bit through my father's career with the military. Um, But the long and short of it is I, I spent my formative years in Germany, went to American schools, hence really the American accent. Most of my time was abroad. Um, but I did spend some really amazing time in Washington, D.C. and in California and in Seattle. So I count I kind of count my home in the U.S. as Seattle, yeah. although I haven't been, a lot, been there in a long time. Uh, but um, for the last 20 plus years, I've been in London, 15 of which in South, South uh, Hackney in East London. Excellent. Excellent. So well, well traveled to this point. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, kind of a. Uh, when people ask where I'm from, I tell them, you know, Iceland, you know, kind of somewhere in between. Excellent. Excellent. So let, let's find out a, li- a little bit more about you before we kind of delve into the measure ma- match things and the, the things that you're doing at the moment. What's your kind of career background? What things have you done before you founded measure match? Yes, I'm a, I'm a digital marketing agency guy uh, through and through. I, I started in Seattle with, a pretty phenomenal startup that was called Avenue A, and that was in early 1999. And so from early 1999, I was doing digital media planning and buying with an agency that was just beginning to capitalize on this thing called the internet. There wasn't even broadband at that time. There were, you know, DSL or broadband was beginning to emerge, but it was really slow. And despite that, we we still had our own ad serving technology. So we had heaps and heaps of data off the back of, you know, this, this digital media agency we were building in Seattle. And so that's, that's really where things started, digital media and the data and the technology are kind of the, the troika that, that's driven really the last 20 years of my career. And from there, I, you know, I, I bounced to London with the team uh, to build the office there, stayed in London for three and a half years, worked with a couple of different agencies, including Aegis, Aegis Media at the time now called Densu. And then bounced back to Seattle for a little bit, came back to London to stay and stayed in agency land for a total of 10 years. Wrapped up with Ogilvy, uh, which is part of WPP, for those of you who don't know, um, and then moved into an entrepreneurial career. So I, I, after about five years of digital media agency work, honestly, I was a little bored. Uh, I was more of the same. um, And so I was hungry to try something else. Didn't really think that I would go entrepreneurial, but boy, am I glad I did. Um, So it's been a little over 10 years of entrepreneurial endeavors. A couple of companies I've started, um, consultancies, resellers. So I sold my last company, which was a really small technology uh, business, uh, essentially a, a, a data data harvesting business, um, in marketing intelligence business. Um, and off the back of all of those things, I decided to settle on building this thing called Measure Match, which I'll tell you about in a moment. Excellent. So let's talk about Measure Match then. Where did the idea come from? What was the, was there a lightning bolt moment? Was it something that had been brewing in your mind for a number of years? Yeah, yeah. So, so Measure Match is, is a product of all of that stuff that I'd done before. So uh, working with you know, blue chip advertisers to invest millions of dollars worth of, of marketing budgets into emerging digital channels, 
So predominantly display really, and, and kind of some versions of display, because when I left agency land, um, you know, search was really just be kind of becoming a thing. Um, and then programmatic media investments were, was, was also just beginning to, um, settle. And that was in 2007, 2008, 2009, roughly, when I kind of transitioned into what I'm doing now. So working with those blue chip advertisers, seeing uh, you know a raft of challenges with regards to how do you market online, um, leverage the data, reach the right audience, convert them into valuable relationships, um, uh, all with with systems and data, right? Uh, at the heart of all of that, and of course, working with colleagues and teams and partners, um, wow, lots of friction and lots of opportunities to do that stuff better is what I saw. Um, and so through the Measure Match Marketplace, which is a, you know, um, an environment for business leaders to find and engage and book into contract service provider partners to advance the use of SaaS and enterprise software for marketing needs, whether it's customer experience analytics or it's campaign execution or it's building dashboards or data pipelines in Azure or AWS. Um, I, you know, I settled on that idea of building that marketplace because I knew that there was a, there, was, there had to be better and faster ways for business leaders to get that stuff done um, because their agency partners often didn't have enough talent or bandwidth or interest or an ability to even monetize that. Um, or internally, team members were leaving, you know, with it with you know, short notice, or they just simply didn't have the bandwidth as well. Um, there were lots and lots of opportunities for for these business leaders to, uh, again, advance their systems and data capabilities, their marketing excellence. And I thought that, hey, you know, a, a marketplace environment could be where they could go and find trusted partners to do that extraordinarily well. And we've been doing that for a couple of years now. Excellent. Yeah. And as you know, we've, we've used it in part of our data journey with the guys at DataCube. So for, the, for, for those that might not be able to kind of visualize the process, I rethink productivity. Simon, have a, have a requirement, let's say the one we had. So we want to take all our historic data and put it in a, a place that um, is a single view and source of the data and feed all, all our new data in. We come to the measure match platform and, and what happens then? What's the journey for me as somebody looking for expertise to help me? Yeah, yeah. So basically you submit your requirements. You describe, hey, I need I need something done. Like so in your case, centralization of data to achieve probably some kind of insight outcomes um, or some kind of automation. And um, those requirements come into me and my team. We do typically a back and forth with clients to ensure that the requirements are clear. Um, do a little bit of an edit and then ultimately release those requirements out to a network of service providers, a population of that's 5,000 plus right now across 60 countries. It's about 50% agencies, consultancy systems integrators, and, and the remainder are independent consultants, all screened and vetted and, and amazing. And, and then basically we leave it to our network to raise their hands and say, hey, you know, we, we can do this stuff with our eyes closed. You should really consider us as your partner to execute on your requirements. Um, so clients will, of course, read those pitches, take a look at profiles or a whole bunch of components of those profiles that will help hopefully to reach a conclusion that yeah, this person perhaps representing this consultancy is worth having a conversation with. So you open up discovery with one, two or three prospective partners, um, you know, have your have your negotiations. If, if you get to that point, receive proposals through our platform 
and hopefully accept one in the platform into a contract and then get to work. And then from from there, you know, our job as a as a business is just to continue to improve the customer experience in the software that we're building so that, you know, you as a client and your service provider partner are just loving the way that it works. Um, and we support both sides to reach, you know, positive outcomes, you know, get to the end of that service engagement positively. Hopefully it's a five-star rating and, a, and there's a glowing written review like you you had a great experience, which is really fantastic. And then, you know, and hopefully do that again. Yeah. So extend it in, into another engagement or, you know, perhaps a retainer. We see 30 to 40% of initial projects go into new engagements or extensions and then, um, and many go into retainers as well. Awesome. And I think it's important to say as well, you don't have to be tech savvy. So we knew what our problem was or where we wanted to get to. What we didn't know is how to solve it. So we weren't clear on, you know, it needed to be in Power BI, it needed to be in AWS S3 buckets. That that was the piece that we needed to help to um, understand the art of the possible and then clearly to build it and get there. So you don't need to be tech savvy or to need to know all the ins and outs of the technical possibilities or the different solutions to do it you you almost just need your problem statement of i've got lots of data that i want to get in one place and get it consistent and then that's when the process kicks in right uh, or, or that's right um which is why we spend the time that we do to work with clients to refine the way that they're describing their requirements, right? So that they land with, you know, prospective service provider partners in a way that's clear, right? So they they already they're already two or three steps ahead. So the pitch should be highly relevant, right? So you, when you read that pitch, um, it should just make you know clear sense, right? And win your confidence, hopefully, superbly quickly. To the point where you say, okay, I need to speak with this person because she or he really understands my requirements and let's let's get going. So and 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 that typically leads to um shorter timeframes going into contract. I mean, we see typically from project release to contract well within 30 days, oftentimes within a week. Um so we're, yeah, we're going to continue to refine that process, of course, but that's um, that's ultimately what's happening right now. And one of the things we we talked about, kind of in this setup to the podcast, was values of partnerships. And I know you've got some kind of really clear views on that world and the value that that creates. So just just talk to me about your kind of reference point or views on the value of creating partnerships for both businesses? Good question. I don't know if it's clear views, Simon, you're being very generous. I think I've got it. It's certainly evolving and emerging views. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're learning a lot um, as we build this particular marketplace. Still feels very early. So our, my, I guess my singular view, something I'm certainly sharing with the team and with clients and everyone who comes in to participate in our marketplace um, with regards to partnerships is that really we have three sets of partnerships that we are managing, um, three sets of customers, right? Buyers of services, providers of services, and then this third group, which I haven't even mentioned yet, um, which are predominantly technology vendors that participate in our marketplace as well through what we call the partner exchange. And so there's an important uh, you know, name in the name of that part of the platform, the partner exchange. So we're, we're, we're in the business of not just enabling buyers and sellers of services and creating partnerships between the two as best as possible. 
And that's really through just great communication more than anything, I think. Um, of course, matching capabilities too. But um, uh, a core driver of partnerships for us is that group of technology vendors that's growing that are coming to our platform to build new relationships with service providers, agencies, and consultancies, and and deepen relationships with existing ones. I'll give you an example. So um, one of the companies that's participating in our marketplace is Domo, right? So pretty well known for its its dashboard business analytics uh, software. Uh, there, there are many flavors of that kind of, of business, but um, their go-to-market motion is heavily driven by and influenced by partners, so agencies and consultancies basically recommend their products into their clients um, or just outright are act as resellers. Um, so, so Domo is participating in our marketplace to, to help to support agencies and consultancies that are in our network, and there are quite a few, um, so that as and when clients come into Measure Match and they're either asking directly for Domo services like a, a client out of Boston did recently, um, or they're just looking for some dashboard development or business analytics um, requirements more broadly speaking. It could very well be that one of Domo's partners picks up that contract and successfully actually sells in services on top of the Domo software solution as well. Um, so, you know, that that is nothing new um, in, in, in what we're trying to do here. But the participation of technology vendors in building and, and expanding their channel partnerships um, help helps just to create a lot more in the way of success and credibility certainly for the for the service providers that are that are um, participating and looking to pick up some new revenue um, Helen for example and her team at datacube you know they have partnerships with several technology vendors and so our job is to you know support Helen and her team um, and hopefully through some of the technology vendors that they have relationships with too if that if that makes sense so so partnerships for us is is really just linking multiple relationships to create greater business outcomes not just simply hey here's a buyer of services here's a provider of services we're we're we're, we're mixing in a, a third leg uh, of a stool uh, to to maximize outcomes yeah no mate that makes perfect sense and and one of the things that i'm really interested in is, is data clearly we're i won't say we're a data company but we're certainly a data-led and in, insight providing company and as we know, there's been this big, big drive over the last maybe 10 years, maybe even now for data. So people have lots of data, regardless of what kind of organization you are. But it seems to me that there's still quite a gap between harnessing that data to create insight. So I think there's that whole, mm -hmm. is it informa or data rich information poor or data rich mm -hmm. insight poor. Yeah. So how do you change that or move that dial of their are there some clear steps you should go through to do that? Or is it different mm. by customer? And and I suppose to to finish that long-winded question and add a question on a question, mm. um, there must be a real value to unlocking data and turning it into insight. Yeah, that's um boy, that's a that's a big question. Um and you know, while once upon a time I might have been really in a good position to give you an authoritative kind of an answer when I was, you know, doing systems and data analytics work directly uh, with an agency land. Um, you know, our, our, my positioning right now is, you know, is really, again, a, around partnerships, right? So um, while, you know, every business under the sun is attempting to 
adopt software, collect more data, create more insight. Um, it's hard. It's hard to do that, partly because these systems are evolving incredibly quickly. And, um, and, the, and there are some you know, very distinct and unique skills that are required to make the most of these systems. Um, and then also to communicate with team members around how to maximize the productivity of these systems. And of course, the data these systems collect. Um, so there's a whole range of requirements to elevate any organization's capabilities when it comes to uh, advancing um, and maximizing the use of, of business data, uh, consumer data, any kind of data, really. Uh, so it's, it's, it's especially hard. Uh, um, and so I'm going to default to the position that I have within the business that I'm building, which is, you know, you can't do it all. Typically, whether you're a functional leader or you're lower down, lower down the totem pole, um, or you're at a C level, um, at some point you're going to have to extend beyond your immediate reach and turn on some partners to to make stuff happen quickly, to leapfrog into a new state, right? To to realize that there is a better and faster way, and sure, there's a price tag for that. Uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a lot. I mean, the investment can actually be pretty nominal to go from where any business is today to a really clean, new, advanced place in a relatively short period of time by bringing in a trusted partner to do that within, you know, within a three-month period or less. Um, so that, that, of course, is my advice. Of course, it's a bit self-serving. You know, that's the business that I'm building is to encourage folks to, is to, is to turn on partners to do exactly that. But I think the the key points that I take out of that, then are, there's certainly something around competitive advantage. So taking that data, working mm. with it, um, making sure you're at least as good as your competitors, striving to be better, yeah. and breaking it down. So I think that point around, you know, it can commercially it can be small small chunks of investment to take some big steps. So what are the areas of focus? What are the priorities? Where do you think you maybe can get some advantage or where are the areas that you need to move forward with your mm-hmm. data or insight because it's lagging behind? So I think the other thing we've learned on our journey is it is a journey. So you get yeah. to the next stage of the journey and the next stage and the next stage. It's not necessarily got an end point because data evolves, the way we capture it will evolve, what we capture will evolve, how the solutions that it goes into evolve at the same time. So yeah. we're getting smarter, the tech's getting smarter, the people we work with are getting smarter and asking for more Absolutely. detailed insight or cross-functional insight or correlation. So Absolutely. Yeah, we see it as a as a as just a, an evolutionary journey rather than at the start, admittedly, we did go through a revolution to get 10 years of data here. So that was yeah. the big step. But now it's evolving, evolving, evolving. And we, we have to evolve with it as our yeah. clients put more pressure on us to deliver more value. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and, and you know, a, a big term came to mind as you were describing that, which is this concept of digital transformation. Um, and, uh, you know, many businesses are still bandying about that term. We use it occasionally, too. Um, but it's a bit, bit of a scary one, right? It kind of suggests wholesale, massive upheaval, you know, big, big change. And some organizations are prepared to do that. Many, most are not. Um, but, you know, digital transformation happens the way you described it, right? There are smallish changes 
new ideas that are executed on, you know, getting smarter uh, all the time, realizing that there are new problems that you can solve that are solvable pretty quickly. And so you just jump all over them and you realize that's a that's a pretty, in, pretty important innovation moment. And then you build on that and, and you and you grow. Um, but turning to partners potentially changes the game because you go from a current state into a new one that can be pretty radically different from where you were 60 days ago. Um, it doesn't have to be for the entire business. It can be just for one specific use case or project or data set um, or one system. You know, So we regularly see clients come in and say, we're using Intercom for customer service and CRM and we're just so lost. There's so many new tools and features, you know, but we, and we're, but we're, com- and we're committed to using this product. Um, we really need some help, you know, 30 days later, they've got all of the configuration set up, bunch of marketing automation, you know, synced up with other systems. And so the data is flowing, the insights really valuable and the comms are converting or serving customers in a much better way in a really short period of time. And the same thing applies to, again, building pipelines in AWS or configuring product analytic systems like Amplitude um, or Heap um, or building dashboards in Power BI. It's, it's, you know, all of that software is, you know, typically 10% used, you know, the data even less so. And so, um, yeah, lots and lots of opportunities to, uh, to do things a lot better. Awesome. And if people want to start on that journey, where's the, where's the best place for them to find you or um, more detail around Measure Match? Yeah, well, we live online, so it's a, it's an online marketplace, uh, measurematch.com, or just search for Measure Match, no space. Um, we do spell it with two capital M's, but you can spell it however you like. Um, otherwise, you can get in touch with me. So I'm at james at measurematch.com. Uh, I will reply to everything. Uh, so I even reply to spam occasionally. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, I am based in South Hackney in East London, uh, I'm in a WeWork phone booth right this very moment, um, and I welcome any opportunity to meet for coffee um, and happy to keep, you know, the COVID restrictions uh, in check. Awesome. And we'll, we'll put a link to the website in the show notes and a link to your LinkedIn profile. So then again, people can connect straight through and um, and pick up the conversation. James, it's been a, a fascinating chat. Uh, love the platform. Clearly, we've used it. So we're, we're advocates. Final question sure. before we close. Sure. What's What's the best bit of business advice you've ever been given? Uh, you can never have enough data. <laughs> now it's a bit of a silly one, of course, because you know we're we're you know we're we're awash in data. But as we get more and more of it, um, we're fed new ideas, and I and I think the ideas is probably the most important part of that, right? I'm a big big fan of new ideas uh, from anywhere and from anyone. So more more data ultimately begin begets new ideas, and if we can act on those well, then we'll all be fine. Awesome, love that one, James. Been an absolute pleasure to catch up. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing the information around the platform and some of your background. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a total pleasure. Lovely seeing you and talking with you. Thanks a lot.